Valley. You know what it is. All right, what is up, everybody? Uh, this will probably be our last episode of What's Up, Belly Up for the 2019 season. So, so I'm looking forward to uh, ending the year right. Uh, I brought on uh, today, bringing in uh, my guest, Rattlesnake, uh, from Chair Gating. He kind of is uh, uh, kind of the one that we really set the stage with with this past 2019 season. So we're we're looking to looking forward to 2020. Uh, we're going to kind of recap the 2019 season with him. He's had a lot of big name guests, a lot of uh, I mean great interviews, and done a lot of things. So so I'm looking forward to kind of talking, recapping, uh, and then looking forward to uh, again uh, the 2020 season. So so Rattlesnake, I appreciate you joining me tonight. Yeah, as always, I come in clutch when nobody else wants to talk to you. <laughs> it's all good. I mean, I figured, uh, <laughs> you know, Jared would probably be available, but, you know. That's we, true. We, you uh, want to stoop yourself to that, route, though. So. Yeah. So, so I think uh, <clears throat> this season for you for chair game uh, with Belly Up Sports, uh, I think it kind of, I mean, you had your shows, you you had your guests, you had some big name guests before uh, we were all kind of kind of together. But I, I think Bob Potgrass was kind of the first one that you really started with. And then uh, I'm not saying that opened up the, the door because it's, after that, I mean, it seemed like we had we had several. But before, was there really a, a bigger, I guess, a big name before Bob that maybe I'm overlooking? No, I mean, you know, obviously people just listen to the podcast because they want to hear my beautiful voice. So doesn't really matter who I have on, but I think, I mean, if you count Eric, Eric Eastep, uh, I mean, he's got over a hundred thousand subscribers. Yeah, on Eric, yeah. He's like yeah, pretty absolutely. big. And so I kind of built a connection with him because I would watch his YouTube videos on, you know, NASCAR and kind of put the pieces together that he lived in Austin because he was going to UT. And I was like, well, shit, I live in Austin. So I just kept, blowing him up on dms and youtube you know direct messages on youtube and stuff and so finally he responded and we kind of made a connection there and he used to come over and be on the show quite a bit uh, just because we always had good conversations and we both lived in austin i mean what are the odds if, if you you know know anything about like the nascar youtube community and i'm not so much in the nascar youtube community as i am a nascar podcaster but if you know anything about that NASCAR YouTube community, they live all over the country. So it was just like, what are the odds that the biggest name out of all of them happens to live in the same city as me? So he used to come over to my apartment and be on the show quite a bit. And then he currently lives in Florida because of uh, a school program. It's his senior year in college. And so he was doing like um, he was working at Walt Disney, I guess. Um, because his degree is in like animation or something like that. So that's why he hasn't, that's why he wasn't on this show like all season because he was in Florida and you know, I do these like interviews over Skype and the quality is not as good as if somebody's actually there with me. So I was like, I'm not going to waste yeah. it to have Eric on just over Skype because I know he'll come back to Texas soon. So he'll be back on for this, you know, upcoming 2020 NASCAR season. But yeah, I think it all started with Eric, uh, and he really helped me kind of get off the ground because Chairgating started as a college football podcast because 
you know, the two sports that I really am into is college football and NASCAR because I'm a redneck and I live in Texas. So I was like, man, I'm getting nowhere with the college football thing. Everybody's doing a college football podcast. So I was like, you know what? You know, not, hardly anybody's talking about NASCAR. I'm just going to go full in on NASCAR. So uh, Eric really helped me kind of, you know, get on the stage in the NASCAR scene, I guess. Nice. And, and I think uh, that that goes for show as far as, uh, I mean, fast forward. And I know we jumped right into it as far as uh, talking about some guests, but kind of fast forwarding to to uh, to belly up as well. Uh, you were kind of you and Chris kind of birth the uh the belly up uh racing uh i guess uh i guess essentially the twitter and and the the nascar or i mean i should say the racing department for belly up and i think uh like like i said you were very hands-on you, you were pretty much the one that developed that got it all up and rolling and in between there charioting uh, i mean i think since then you've had i mean uh amber balcon we talked to Natalie Decker several times, Michael Self se several times, uh, Christian Eckes several times. Uh, we were lucky enough to kind of partner with Venturi Motors this year, uh, part of the ARCA series. We got to see that championship, so that, that was a great to, to be yeah, a part that was, of that and, and have Michael and Christian. That was a lot of fun being part of ARCA. But yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I never, yeah, I never I'm did definitely, much with ARCA before, but you know, now I feel like, I've gotten so much more into ARCA, and it's good to get into ARCA because I was always like, oh, yeah, these young guys coming up in truck series. and But it's like, no, no, no. The young guys are really they're coming up in like K&N and then ARCA. So now that I've gotten involved with them through you, it's been really cool seeing that, especially with like Christian Eckes, who, you know, I, I had him on and I knew he was a talented driver, but I had no idea he was that same season after having him on the show like five times, he was going to go on to win the ARCA Series Championship and then yeah. get a full ride with Kyle Busch Motorsports for driving a truck in the Truck Series. So that was really cool to get him in, get him on the show when he was still kind of at the, at the you know, early stages of what it looks like is going to be a huge career for him. Yeah, so so definitely looking forward to to following him as he makes a step up and, and continuing on with with Michael Self as well as the rest of the Arca series. Obviously, I know uh, I, I'm sure the community you're in, what you do, you, you may be tired of it by now. The Haley Deegan, or, or maybe not so much tired of it because there's so many. I, I think more so good for her coming up. Uh, I, I saw a tweet that you made. You know. There's a lot of unknown, but there's so much negativity, maybe, I guess, about about her, maybe because yeah. young, being a female. Uh, I'm sure, again, like I said, you're tired of it. But but we're talking, like you said, these young talents. I mean, uh, just like Christian, she's, what, 18 years old. I think Christian was 19, 20, something like that. But either way, you're seeing these, these kids develop, take it to the next level. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on her uh, signing with Ford full-time? Arca again, not to beat a dead horse, but uh, but in, in general, how how are you feeling about this? Looking forward, we've we've got some ties with the Arca series, you know. We're looking forward to that. So, yeah, I mean, you'll never beat this dead horse enough because it's Haley Deegan, and we'll be talking about <laughs> Haley Deegan in thirty years still, I'm sure. Um, and if anybody wants to hear more in depth, I go into it on my latest episode on the Cheergating podcast. I talk about it a little bit because that's right when the news broke that she was moving over to Ford. But I guess kind of the backstory with Haley Deegan, 
you know, even people that might be listening to this episode that don't know much about NASCAR or stock car racing or motorsports in general, uh, Haley Deegan, she is the daughter of, what's his name? Shit, I blanked on it. Anyway, Brian. her dad is a super famous, yeah, her dad's a super famous motocross uh, driver. He's won a shit ton of gold medals. And so she's been up and coming. She's done, I think, like Baja trucks and rally type cars. And then she wanted to get into stock car racing. Uh, thank God for the world of stock car racing because she is going to be the next, I don't know, like LeBron James for stock car racing, essentially. And that's why everybody's talking about her so much. Uh, she's young, so she has a lot of potential. Uh, you know, she is good looking. Like, let's not, you know, we can't beat around the bush here. She, yeah, she yeah. is a very attractive girl. Her mom's like a fucking supermodel. So, I mean, what do you, what do you expect? Uh, <laughs> and she's just now 18. So it's always nice. like weird to say, you know, but it's like, let's, let's be honest here. So I guess the issue there is no, no NASCAR fan that I've talked to. And sure, you might see a comment here or there, but no worse than you see from any Boston fan of any sport. But uh, you know, nobody really cares that she's a female. Like NASCAR fans really could care less. It's not a sport where a female's gonna get hurt worse than a guy. You know, you're in a car. It, gender really has nothing to do with motorsports, and most NASCAR fans really could care less as long as they're a good driver. You know, they got a good attitude, stuff like that. So NASCAR really, I think, if anything, they're more excited to actually see a female come in and maybe wipe clean the bad taste in our mouth that we got left from Danica because she just was overhyped <laughs> as <laughs> a female, and she just never lived up to it. She wasn't good. Like, let's be honest. She's a good IndyCar driver and open wheel, and that's fine, but she was not a good stock car driver. So the thing that excites people about Haley Deegan is, um, you know, she is good-looking. She's charming. She's very personable, outgoing, uh, you know, well-spoken, comes from motorsport background with her dad, so she understands the industry somewhat to an extent. And um, on top of all that, she's taking all the right steps, and I think that's because of her dad. Her dad understands somewhat how this industry works, and he's not just trying to throw her in to the top-level uh, equipment that she can get the quickest. So what they're doing is they last season – she was racing K&N West, and there's K&N West, K&N East, uh, and it's like the lowest division for a feeder into NASCAR's divisions. So that's where you get your start. You know, that's where the older guys that do it just as a hobby and the young kids coming up that want to turn this into a career, that's where you get your start. And she did well there. She got a couple wins, and on top of that, her driving style really kind of mimicked an old Dale Earnhardt or Tony Stewart. She's like an enforcer, which is weird for such a small little girl like her. Very, but yeah, she very aggressive. Yeah, she doesn't play around. She'll turn you if you're in her way. And like NASCAR fans enjoy that, especially on short tracks. Uh, you know, that's like true stock car racing. So NASCAR fans actually do enjoy that aggressiveness. Now, we don't, you know, we like it to a certain extent. We don't want you to be vindictive, but. She's aggressive and fun to watch, and she looks like she's a talented driver. Uh, last year, she did a, a couple races in the Arca Series, which is just a step up above K N, and she, you know, she had some good races, some bad races, but that's fine because she's getting track time and learning more about what she's doing. 
So it just came out that now she's going to be going full-time ARCA, but she's transitioning into Ford. And the reason that that's important is because these, when you're going into NASCAR, really you stick with a manufacturer because the manufacturers have uh, development programs for young drivers like this. Uh, and Toyota's is notoriously the best. It's called TDR, Toyota Development Program or whatever. Um, and so they have the best. They have the best talents coming up right now. And she left that to go into Ford's development program, which is pretty much bleak. It's vacant right now. And that's why it's a big deal because that kind of shows that she's probably, when she starts moving up this ladder into the NASCAR divisions, she's probably going to join a team that's using Ford. And that's a big indication for NASCAR fans to know, okay, these are the teams that are going to be available in these years and this and this and this. And her dad said, you know, she's she won a couple K&N races when she was in that series, so she feels confident there. Now she's moving to ARCA, and they're not going to move past ARCA until she gets a couple wins there. So if she gets a couple wins this next season in ARCA, potentially the next year she could go to truck or – if she's not comfortable enough yet, she's going to stay there for as long as she needs, which is just really refreshing because NASCAR is full of these like 18 year old kids that get thrown into the best equipment possible when they're just not ready for it. And it kind of ruins their career. It's hard to work your way back up. Uh, and so they're doing everything right. So right now she's an ARCA. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch her uh, and watch her develop. And then hopefully, you know, she keeps winning and she'll be in trucks and then Xfinity and then the Cup Series. They're saying the soonest possible she would be in a Cup Series ride is 2025, and that's the soonest they're willing to possibly do it. That's what her dad said. So they're giving her a lot of time to really progress, and uh, anybody, any manufacturer, specifically Ford right now, will be behind her 100% for those next five years because out of all the NASCAR drivers, I think she's fourth in uh online influence among you know nascar fans and she's in the arca series which is the second lowest division you can possibly be in she's up there with you know kyle bush kevin harvick even dale jr so she's a big deal huge up-and-coming name like a tiger woods coming into your sport she could potentially save you know quote-unquote save nascar um that's what everyone's saying and, I mean, I'm fully behind it. I think she's great, and hopefully she does well. If she doesn't do well, then, you know, that sucks. But that's the big deal with Haley Deegan. <laughs> I think that's that's a that's a great breakdown, a great analysis, uh, kind of refreshing based off of, like you said, what you see on Twitter, what you see on the Internet, uh, based off of you've got a young 18-year-old, uh, a good-looking girl, um, you know, I think sometimes that gets in, in the way of things that has nothing to do with her or her style or, or what she's capable of. So that, that's a great breakdown. Um, but uh, transitioning from, from her to another big name, uh, this year you also had, I think, uh, it was either two or three different opportunities uh, with Austin Dillon. I think you were on his, uh, weren't you on his holler at, at one point? Yeah. You did a quick interview with him, and then uh, then you hooked up with RCR a little later in the season. And uh at least got some pictures and kind of talked to him again, but but that just shows in, in general the 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 work and the time that you've put in this past year, 2019. Um, you know these names that you're putting on, um, 
like like you talk about Eric. Eric always has some great guests, some some great names. In NASCAR, you you see these these smaller companies getting these names, and it shows what you're doing. But but tell us a little bit about. Uh, I know it was short, but but uh, your interviews are or at least uh, talking, sitting down and talking with Austin. Yeah, that was really cool. Uh, the first time I met him was in Kansas in the infield, and I got a private holler tour. Uh, just because some people I know connected me. And so I got a private tour of the hauler. Really cool to see. And then uh, Austin comes in and I get to do just a quick uh, one-on-one interview with him inside the hauler right before he has to go to the car to start the race in Kansas. And so that was really exciting. I mean, uh, anybody that listens to my show knows Austin Dillon is my favorite driver. It's been tough (laughs) in 2019, but he's been my favorite driver since he's come in. So it was really cool getting to meet him. Really, really nice guy. We had a really fun conversation. That podcast is still up, you know, in Chairgating on iTunes and Spotify and all that. And so, yeah, that was a lot of fun and kind of eye-opening to get to see everything behind the scenes in NASCAR and really just get to talk to a driver not around media, inside his hauler, with his crew, just hanging out. And, yeah, he was just a really nice guy. And then uh, after that at Darlington, the the race that had a, like three four hour rain delay, uh, I got to go back in yeah. the hauler, and this time I got to meet Richard Childress, um, the owner, and got to talk with him. And he was extremely nice, uh, very welcoming, and just what really stood out to me with Richard Childress, you know, he's an older guy now, but he is so hardworking. That guy's always on his feet, walking around, talking to everybody, always on the move. Uh, you can tell he just really loves what he does. And so I hope the best for the RCR team moving forward because they've struggled uh, this last year especially. Um, but the past couple of years, they've kind of been struggling. You know, they're most famous, obviously, for the number three for Dale Earnhardt. And so I talked to Richard and got a couple stories about Dale Earnhardt because – you know, Dale Earnhardt previously, he had been racing in the Cup Series for, I think, three, four years, maybe. Uh, for He was with yeah. another team originally at number two, and then that team just kind of broke apart because it was, you know, the heyday, the early, early, early times of, of NASCAR when there wasn't much money in it. And so he was really trying to just find sponsorships, fund himself to race. And he all this after he had already won a Cup Series championship. That's how little money was in NASCAR at this time. And so Richard Childress, who had previously, he was previously a driver, uh, you know, and realized soon he didn't have much of a career in it. So he started his own team and he went to Dale and was like, hey, you know, you'll be my only driver. It's a small little team, but, you know, I'll be behind you 100 percent if you're on board. So Dale joined up with Richard Childress. They got the number three car. They converted everything into black to become the Intimidator. And obviously, you know, how the story goes, he becomes one of the most winning NASCAR drivers of all time, extremely famous. And um, the coolest part is Dale Earnhardt at any point could have left Richard Childress Racing for a bigger team with more money, better equipment. Bill Elliott had a way better car than Dale Earnhardt the entire career. The reason Dale Earnhardt won so much is because he was just a, a very aggressive and talented driver. So he stuck it out with Richard. He told him. You know, Richard Childress uh, told me that Dale told him, like, you know, I'm going to stick it out with you because you 
came forward and helped me out when I needed help and nobody else was there. So he stuck yeah. with him the whole time. And, you know, without Dale Earnhardt, our RCR, I don't know if it would exist right now. So it was really cool to hear stories like that from Richard Childress. So, so again, you've had a lot of a lot of good opportunities. Two thousand nineteen, I keep talking about that. It's crazy, hard to believe, with everything that we've done with Belly Up, Chair Gain, uh, working with you, you coming on board and being a big part of what we do. Um, you essentially had Chair Gain well before us. Like you said, it it was a uh, kind of college football, and then you had your own website that you did some. I mean, you do a little bit of everything, movie reviews, everything, and you kind of, <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you still have it. You still do things here and there, but you kind of left it in the dust and really jumped on board and kind of gone full out with us. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad to reflect on 2019 and seeing the success you've had and, and looking forward to 2020. Uh, I'm really looking forward to, to June, getting everybody together. We're going to have our first uh, uh, company meeting. And, of course, of all places, it's going to be at a, a NASCAR race at MIS. So Absolutely. so that'll be, be great. And that's obviously in your wheelhouse. So that's great. We've made a lot of contacts, uh, you know, with that, whether it be through through the drivers, through ARCA. Uh, big shout-out to Casey Wagner from, from ARCA. That, that's really helped us. Uh, you know, get in contact with a lot of people, helped us help us grow in this sport. Um, Candace Harbin, you know, has given us the opportunity to talk to her uh, former Miss Monster Energy. Um, you know, we've 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 fallen on a lot of big breaks. So, so have you thought about 2020? Do you have some goals in mind? Uh, without me putting you on the spot, I mean, are, is there something that you want to do, or is there something that, man, we definitely have to land for 2020? Yeah, I guess moving forward. I think, you know, my progression's been pretty stable, and it's not like I'm, you know, like, oh, man, 2020, Chariot's just going to blow up. Like, my focus really is belly up sports yeah. in 2020 and making sure our, our brand blows up. But for Chariot individually, uh, you know, I'd like to go to as many races as possible and, you know, interview and fun people to talk to. It doesn't have to necessarily be Kyle Busch. I'm not like... 2020 my bucket list for interviews is kyle bush look if kyle bush yeah. wants to talk to me if i get the chance absolutely i'm going to take it but is it what my sights are set on not necessarily i'd like to honestly i'd like to maybe even start a series where when i go to races i just interview people tailgating like the actual people at the race i think yeah. that would be fun i just like to have fun conversations so i'd like to go to more races uh, and i guess just travel more with this podcast and just kind of keep doing what I'm doing and just keep talking and hope people want to keep listening. Oh yeah. And absolutely. I think you've, you've built that base, uh, you know, whether it be with, uh, the help of, of Eric, obviously, and, and just in general, what you've done, you've been, you've been true to, true to the sport. Um, like I said, you're, you're, you're Haley Deegan, the breakdown of that, talking about growing up or her coming up through the ranks essentially. And, and her family not rushing her, you know, that that's kind of a fresh take based off of, um, like I said, social media and, and the internet, the things that you're going to see, you know, you understand the sport, you, you're still learning. Uh, I've learned a lot from you as far as the sport. I've always watched it. Uh, Earnhardt was always my, my favorite, favorite nice. driver. I watched them with my dad, loved, uh, loved baby Allison, all those guys, you know, so, so, so in, in general, growing with you, uh, looking forward to 2020, uh, I guess to belly up, you know, to everything, to all, all the opportunities. I guess one thing I haven't even or talked you to you about yet that I had in mind for Chairgate was 
I'd really like to just on a personal level get a little bit more into like dirt racing, like stock car dirt racing, local stuff. Um, yeah, and just kind of find the 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 true you know purest form of stock car racing because it's definitely not NASCAR. I love NASCAR, but uh, there's definitely a huge community there that still goes to you know local tracks um, and. You know, people will say, "Oh, NASCAR's dying because of the attendance and stuff like that." And it's, there's definitely apparent, you know, problems with attendance. But you look at old school tracks that NASCAR goes to, like Darlington, sells out every single race, no problem. And uh, you know, on top of that, just uh, this month, where it's kind of the off season for stock car racing, they have a thing called the Snowball Derby, which they they host every single year in Pensacola, Florida. And it's, you know, late models, I think super late model stock cars. And they'll have guys like Kyle Busch show up for it because it's such a big tradition. Yeah, and they'll sell that they'll sell that track out no problem. Standing room selling tickets. I mean, people will fill that up. And there's a huge passionate fan base behind just pure stock car racing. It doesn't have to necessarily be NASCAR. So I guess that that's the one thing in twenty twenty I think I'd like to try to find more of. Which I, I think, man, maybe we should. That's all we gotta do is get you a few uh, plane tickets here to Ohio and get you with a uh, with Trey. We'll take you out to Eldora and and uh, yeah. you know, I mean, just you're talking dirt in general, but I mean, that's kind of, I mean, that's in in my backyard, and, and that's something that uh, you know, I guess I I kind of take for granted. You talk about Trey, and that you talk about that guy is the the epitome of grassroots racing. You know, he. <laughs> He covered yeah. a lot of that for us for us this year. I know you've done several uh, burnt rubber racing uh, YouTube channel with him. Uh, that guy's got kind of the best of both worlds there because he's he's a frequent to that track. So that that's definitely the uh, that's definitely what we need to make happen this year. So or this upcoming year, I should say. Yeah, unfortunately, Texas doesn't have much of a like ingrained culture of uh, dirt racing and old school stock car racing. It's more of just like obviously rodeos and football and, and shit like that, but. Yeah, like the Midwest is really big on dirt tracks. Alabama's big on that, like the Deep South. Um, so yeah, if I can get up to Ohio and go to some of those races, that'd be awesome. Oh yeah, I guess we'll just have we'll just have to make that happen. So, so uh, w- with all that being said, uh, like I said, great 2019 season. Definitely looking to. Uh, 2020 and i say season like we were part of this racing team but more so through through chair gating and everything like that uh we i feel like uh of all the sports that we cover nascar is the one sport that they are the most uh they welcome you with open arms they they want you to cover their sport they appreciate it they're, they're genuine people you don't have to jump through hoops you go there I mean, you can rub elbows with, like you said, from from the highest of the highest to the lowest of the lowest. There's there's a lot of knowledge, a lot of fun. Um, I remember when when Lane and I went to to Lucas Oil for the ARCA race. You know, uh, I we got there and we drove right through and and we drove by the haulers and stuff like that. And I was like, man, I, even though we had the passes, I felt like I was out of place. Like, man, should I be back here? <laughs> and then yeah, they're like, just uh, be come meet mechanics. us on the track. Yeah. yeah, the mechanics are walking right. Yeah, it was nothing. Tires you know? and- Team owners are like sitting there on chairs that you walk right past. Yeah, it's a, it's a wild experience. Motorsports. It's not like the NFL. I mean, you're right there. It'd be like the NFL if you to get to your seat, you had to walk through <coughs> the room and then through yeah. the tunnel and then onto the field and then you walk up to your seat. Like that's 
That's the equivalent. Yeah, so so of- I highly recommend. <clears throat> Highly recommend uh, if you've never even been to a NASCAR race, even even like lower levels, you know, K&N, ARCA, um, you know, you're not going to get the huge crowds. But but like Rattlesnake said, I mean, the experience you, you don't like whether you get a, a cold pass or a hot pass, you know, uh, it it's the opportunities, the people that you walk by. It, it almost is like you do a double take. You're like, man, I you know, like he said, NFL. Yeah, you're looking at these big, these big players. It, it's the same thing. You know, drivers that are ultimately, you know, NASCAR is the biggest, uh, still the biggest sport in the. Uh, I guess is it the United States or the world? I guess probably the United States still. But what, but you're talking the, the biggest athletes. Yeah. Nah, it fell off. Is it in the United States, right? No, oh, has it fallen off? It's down. It's, it's, it's past couple, couple years. No, it's it's all the way down to like hockey now. They fell off. <laughs> but, yeah. But, I mean, I think... Shout out to Puck Puck Pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's sad that I have to be down there with them. But I think, you know, if anybody is listening to this, which probably not because it's your podcast, but for anybody listening to this that's yes, not absolutely. into motorsports or spe- more specifically stock car racing, because it's very different than open-wheel racing, like, you know, Indy or F1... But if anybody out there is listening that wants to get involved somehow, they're like, you know, that sounds cool. Like, maybe I should check it out. Um, there's a few different routes you can go with that. One is if you just want to, like, check out the culture, like the party culture, the just kind of, like, redneck culture. Because it's there, you know. NASCAR tries to get away from it. But let's be honest. That's that's what it is when you go to a race. It's a lot of fun. If you want to check yeah, that out. Yeah, you know, places like Daytona, Talladega, Bristol, like, are really good for checking out the culture and the party atmosphere of NASCAR because it's a party unlike any other sport. It's more of like music festivals. You camp out all weekend. You party all weekend. It's awesome. But if you want to check out stock car racing for, like, the pure, like, seeing what it's all about, um, you know, watching big, big, um, super speedway tracks might not be the best way to get a good understanding. Cause you're just going to be watching these guys go around a track at like 200 miles an hour yeah. for like four hours. And you're like, what's the point? What I recommend is first checking out some like smaller tracks, you know, half mile tracks, Short tracks. Watch that them, yeah. because, because it's so much more enjoyable and you understand the art form of stock car racing. It's not like these, you know, open wheel cars, that have all downforce and you can take turns really fast without getting loose at all you know and there's hardly any passing watch a short track race for stock cars they are bumping into each other pushing each other out of the way you know they're getting loose on the turns just spinning out it's wild uh so if you're ever interested whoever's listening in checking out stock car racing i would check out even if you're near a local dirt track or any kind of local, go check out a race. They're fun as hell to watch. Absolutely. And just when, I mean, you see it on TV, and when they say, gentlemen, start your engines, there, there's nothing like that when those cars fire up and they uh, they finally, you know, make their rounds on the track and, and the green flag. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, I am not the biggest NASCAR slappy, but, uh, or I mean, racing slap. you know, I, I just... I went to that ARCA race and, you know, I've been to a few races here and there, but 
it's just it's nothing that you ever experience unless you can experience it in person when you can actually feel that in your chest as they're flying by uh, oh, yeah. You know, it, it's just an adrenaline rush. You know, it, it doesn't matter if you've got a, you know, a dog in the fight. It's just overall the experience, like Rattlesnake said, you know, it's it's nothing that you can experience really anywhere else uh, outside of uh, a NASCAR or, I mean, e- even ARCA, you know, all those up and coming. But NASCAR for sure, the infields, the, the I mean, just, just in general, the camping, the, the, the overall atmosphere, there is very little... Uh, there's so many so often nowadays you have fans fighting with one another uh, i mean you're gonna see it here and there but very rarely do you see something like that in nascar everybody is just bonded and we talk about the red redneck stigma but i think it's actually great for the sport um although like you said nascar you know they kind of want to get away from it. It, it it's great Th- there is a there is like a i think a new school nascar and uh in an old school uh, there is a difference like anything else, but but in general, I think it's great for the sport. Uh, it, it should be embraced. And actually, uh, speaking of that real quick before we go, I saw uh, Bush resigned uh, for for this upcoming season. So so that'll be great going back to the roots of, of Bush beer, you know, what, what could be yeah. better. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was a lot of – that was pretty exciting. And, you know, NASCAR has been flirting with the idea of adding, like, you know, some of their old school tracks to really try to get back to the roots. But – like you were saying about fighting, I mean, I go to, I think, an average of five races a year, um, which is, I, I think, quite a bit for just a, an everyday NASCAR oh, fan. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I guess I'm not an everyday NASCAR fan, but uh, I've never once seen a fight at a race. And I go to and I go to places like Talladega, where people are blackout drunk the whole time. Oh, yeah, the party. Never yep. once seen a fight. I can go to any NFL game any day of the week, you know, and just the first one I go to, <laughs> there's probably going to be a fight. You know, uh, so that just shows, you know, kind of the difference. And, and people are fans of drivers that other people hate. And you can kind of just talk shit jokingly about how their drivers, you know, pussy or whatever, and then just yeah. kind of hand them a beer, you know. And that's another great thing about NASCAR <laughs> that people might not know is it's BYOB. It's no, you bring in whatever alcohol you want to drink. Uh, each person gets their own cooler. So that's a pretty sweet deal, I think, when it comes to professional sports. Completely BYOB contracts. Yeah. So I mean, if you're gonna go to a race, just go and if you don't know anybody, pick out your favorite paint scheme. Just be like, man, that's a cool looking car. That's who I'm. That's who I'm oh, rooting yeah. for this race, and just yeah, get into it. It's fun. But, but uh, I appreciate uh, again, Rattlesnake, uh, you being on the show. Obviously, uh, this is gonna be my my last of the uh, 2019 year. I know I always joke about it, you know, on sound off and all that kind of stuff, but looking forward to build on 2020 and, and really, uh, really get it going in the right direction. I, w- I would like to really uh, make it something worthwhile for, for everybody that's a part of belly up to, to really feature them. I, I know I'll definitely have you on uh, in the, in the future. You've always, you've always produced great content. Your show is great. Uh, looking forward to 2020. So on behalf of Belly Up Sports, Belly Up Racing, uh, Chairgate and uh, Rattlesnake, I appreciate you being a part of uh, the last episode of 2019. So so here's to look into uh, 2020. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I didn't expect it to be all about me and my show, but I'm going to have to like upload this onto my podcast as well because this whole thing was about me and I love it.
Hey, man, that, that's what this show is all about. I've strayed away from it because, you know, there's not a lot to talk about with other guys. But, you know, you've done a lot for the for the company looking forward. Um, so so definitely, again, uh, looking forward to 2020. And, and I appreciate it, man. Yep. Thanks for having me on. Valley. You know what it is. <laughs>